0: Welcome to Minerva's Creative Conversations, a podcast show where I dig deeper into the personal journeys and professional careers of influential and successful women and how their stories can inspire others to achieve success. I am your host, Minerva Salas, and today my special guest is Laverna Fountain, founder and president of Meaningful Communications Matter and an advocate for diversity and inclusion. Laverna, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Now, Laverna, you are a powerful advocate for diversity and inclusion. Where did your motivation come from to pursue this passion? I, I don't know that I started off thinking that way. Hmm, okay. um,
1: I started off simply believing that as a human being we all have the we should all have the opportunities to bring our best self to whatever it is that. Is happening and so as I entered different arenas or had different doors opened for me and I would look around and recognize that I may be the only one who looked like me in the room um, then I had to start questioning where everyone else was at and then when you start to ask those questions you start to look like the look for the peep other people so I, I I'm not sure that I ever set out to be a diversity advocate. I choose to be a human being activist. You know, we all deserve to be at the table,
0: all of us. That is correct. So very interesting. Uh, You had served uh, as the vice president for strategic communications and construction business initiatives at Columbia University. What were some of the programs that you designed that helped women-owned businesses collaborate with the university?
1: Well, I have to tell you that that was probably one of the most challenging roles I was ever in, and um, part of that reasoning is because I had to, to create and implement programs Immediately, it was like on the ground, make it happen, open the door, tweak the program. So st- I created um, a mentorship program for minority women and locally owned businesses. I created um, a mentorship program for people who worked within Columbia to make the connections and networking connections for minorities and women in particular. I was looking at what was happening with the women, women at that particular point. Um, so those were two of the major programs. And then I also had to create just creative ways for us to learn that er- in our everyday business, we needed to expand who we were inviting to the table in the design of what we were doing. It, it truly is not good enough, in my opinion, to, rec- to rec- create programs that's gonna benefit someone else. I actually think you need the voices at the table of the people who you're trying to work with so that you're not making assumptions about what people need.
0: Wow, that's quite some work you have done there at Columbia University.
1: It was a bit challenging. And and mm-hmm. um, one of the things I feel very proud of, um, it, our, our mentorship program that we created, and I, I, by no means, I did not do it alone. I did it by working with some fabulous people who actually could bring to the table the skill sets that were needed. Um, And one of those I'll say is Tanya Pope and she's still with Columbia now and she has taken that program and expanded it. But um, one of the things we did actually was create a program that actually linked with a master's degree program so that minorities and women and locally owned business owners and senior members of minority and women owned businesses could actually tap into the exact same education and academic training that was going towards a, a master's degree program. They did not receive a master's degree at the end of it because it wasn't the full master's degree program, but they did receive a Columbia University certificate.
0: That's interesting, that's really great. You had stated that the most important communication you will have is with yourself. What positive affirmations can a woman say to herself on a regular basis?
1: I think there are probably a few. I'm going to just say a couple for you. I think you should say to yourself, I am grateful to be me. Wow people to be grateful for who they are and what they offer to the world simply because they exist. Um, As women, we often don't think in terms of our own specialness and our own creativity and the reality that we're here for a reason and we're needed. We are needed as we are. We have lots of strength in who we are. And so I do believe that we have to learn to be grateful for who we are. Um, So one is that as women, we have to learn to be grateful for for our very existence. And I don't mean that in a demeaning way at all. The fact that we are here is very powerful. And we need to acknowledge that, that we are powerful in our own right as we are. And going hand in hand with gratitude is love. I think the affirmation that you can give yourself is that I love who I am. Because often as women, we compare ourselves to other people. Yes. Oh my goodness, we yes. compare ourselves to other people all the time. How about looking in the mirror and loving who you are? Those two things all by themselves will change your perspective
0: you know, it's very true because you need to love yourself before you can love anyone else. Yep, yep, and that's
1: hard to do sometimes because, especially for women, because we will catalog all the things that are wrong with us. We will list out all the things we wish we had done. We need to learn how to celebrate our strength and to celebrate all that that means that we have within us and to celebrate all the ways that we help make this world better simply by
0: existing. That is so powerful. That is very true, very true. I was going through your, you know, Facebook pages and on your Facebook post, one of your dear friends wrote, she said, tired from carrying the fractured dreams of my Black parents inside my heart. That is a powerful message. Can you elaborate on the emotional impact of that message?
1: Yeah, I can tell you when she first sent me her poem, it knocked the wind out of me. Mm. This, uh, she sent the the poem um, right around the time um, that George Floyd was killed. Wow. And in this country and around the world, that just, if I've ever seen something that set off um, and I, I go back to the words of his daughter, who said, "You know, my daddy's going to change the world." She's right, because that struck a chord in who we are as human beings. And one of the things that happened, though, was it was the it was the cry, but it was there was also something there that said almost was a scream out. Um, uh, you know, Martin Luther King gave this speech. How long? And he's it not long, and and those words reminded me of Martin Luther King's words of how long, because we've been carrying the burden of our ancestors who suffered so much, and you know, oftentimes you know, I I bought one of there's a T-shirt that says I am my ancestor's wildest dream, and you realize that we today in the year 2020, carry within us something that our ancestors could only dream they'd see this day. They could only dream of the time when they would have had the kinds of opportunities that we have. And yet in the midst of that, we have this heavy burden of all the pains of what we're still fighting for. And that's what those words, that's thats what hit my, my heart. Here I have the burden of my ancestors' dreams and my ancestors' pain. And when I look in the mirror, I see both. I feel both. I see the pain of all they endured so that I could exist. And I see the hope that they had, that I would exist one day. And I see the burden of the fight of what it takes to move us to the next level. To keep, to get up and still face the challenges that we have to face in a society that doesn't know how to reconcile its history.
0: Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting because our ancestors, our great-grandparents, grandparents, and our parents have opened the gateways for us today. And there are more opportunities, of you know, today, but we can just imagine the pain, the struggle, the frustrations that they endured um, during their time. So we have to be grateful. We have to be very grateful uh, for what we have now, for the opportunities, because I don't think they're all would be possible if it wasn't for those you know, the efforts of our ancestors. It would not be possible. Yes.
1: It would not. Literally, we are Mm. here because of the blood they shed. Literally. That's right. Literally, we are here because of the pains that they endured. And so when we get tired, and we do, and we will, that should be one of the things that gets us to step up one more time. Uh, in some ways, we owe it to them. And in, 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 in many ways, even when you are at your weakest,
0: we are experiencing something that they could only dream of. That is correct. That is correct. Your dear friend, uh, she had another meaningful message that she touched on. And she said, I'm tired. I have to alter myself to convince you of my worth. What do you, what do you say about that statement? I think it's so true.
1: Oh my gosh. We we all have this thing where we know we have to put on that professional self. We have to put on that. We, we all know a language that we have to speak when we are in a certain environment. It is clear that when I step from out of my door and I go into work or nowadays, now that we're, we're all zooming meetings and, and everything is, um, technology, we're do, we're using audio visual to do everything now. The reality is I still have to put on a different face. Hmm. I c- I cannot show you myself. Let me say, it, let me say it another way. I used to do a lot of work on American Indian reservations. I loved when I worked with my American Indian friends. Hmm. And one time, one of my American Indian friends looked at me and said, you know, we really do not understand you all. And I was trying to figure out what they were talking about. And he said, in the United States, you all separate yourselves. You separate yourselves internally you wear different faces you don't allow yourself to be whole you don't allow yourself
0: to be whole interesting that's true what do you think that most women feel that they have to prove their worth you know what is that where is that
1: coming from well i think i think that we get that we've got that message in our homes
0: Mm, true
1: um from the time we're young we get the message telling us how we should behave when we are in the home, when we're getting re- ready to go out. And we internalize that message that, and say, that means I have to be someone else to
0: achieve acceptance. It's almost like you're wearing a mask to the world. You're
1: definitely wearing a mask. Mm you wearing, you have to know how to put the mask on. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the mask isn't a part of you. Um, I've spent some time now really thinking about this. It's that you, we, we adapt the mask or we draw on some of those strengths and move it to the forefront. So it in fact is a part of who we are, but it is not all of who we are. And so we learn to adapt and allow the other whoever that other is, to see what we believe the other needs to be comfortable with.
0: Hmm.
1: All of us know how to create an environment that will make the other comfortable. We're taught that. As young women, we're taught that. We are taught how to make other people comfortable. We are taught how to be the good hostess. We are taught how to make you feel at ease. And in doing that, we carry that strength and that skill set into our business operations. In many ways, that makes us a much more
0: effective business person. More compassionate, uh, more in tune to other people's needs. What's Mm -hmm. not said as much as we hear what is said. That's correct. You know, Laverne, I want to say this, um, talk about famous sayings. There is a famous saying that it says, don't judge a book by its cover. And in regards to people, it means that a person should not prejudge or make assumptions about someone by their outward appearance alone. How can an individual improve their communication and understanding with a person from a different background or culture?
1: Um, that Boy, that's a good question. I have to tell you that that is probably the one area that I feel I need to work, spend most of my time working on because I make snap judgments when I see someone. And then usually afterwards, I'm like, wow, I was really off on that one. I take the extra five minutes and just spend some time talking with someone. And I realize I didn't know what I was thinking at all. Um, it's interesting. I, I spend so much time trying to be with people who come from experiences that I don't understand or that I, I, I'm not familiar with. Um, I created a, a group a, a group called Phenomenal Women and everyone in the group was Latino, but me. And I was the one who brought the women together and I because I worked with all of these amazing Latino, Latinas and and they were not working with each other and it drove me crazy And so I brought them all together and said when I'm gone. You guys got to be here to support each other. I Didn't know What it would take to do that except I saw all this wonderful good in them and and I had that opportunity I had the same thing happen with white women Um, Or the same thing happened with multi-race people. So for me, I would just spend as much time as possible putting myself in uncomfortable positions to learn and shut my mouth and observe. And then I would ask questions. And I have to say, sometimes I irritate people because I ask questions a lot but I am genuinely trying to understand. I don't always understand. And so I have to ask. And there are those people who are comfortable helping me understand. And then there are those people who are not. And I, I, I think at some point I've just decided probably I have to be vulnerable enough to, to express my confusion or vulnerable enough to express my fears and vulnerable enough to just say, I really want to know more about you, who you are, what makes you, you, whether and for me, that's based on race and ethnicity. It's based on gender identity. It's based on religion. Like I love being with people who just are of different faiths. Help me understand why you believe what you believe. I, I love being with people who express their identity differently than I do. I learn so much all the time when I do that.
0: <laughs> you know, it's interesting you say that about uh, Latinas because what a lot of people don't know, especially in the United States, you know, I lived abroad, I live here, is a Latino is not a race. Latino is a mix of racial groups, uh, ethnicities, and religions. So one of the most challenging uh, roles for a person is to unite them because they are so different. And, but it's, you know, I think when you ask those questions, you're going to dig deeper and you start to learn what makes them tick, what they're passionate about. But if you don't ask those questions, how will you know? You know what I mean? Um, Then we come, because we don't ask questions, we start to judge, maybe prejudge. So I think um, asking questions is great. And again, you know, I was, you know, I coming from Latin culture. I we all we're everything. So I, a lot of people don't know that, but we are everything. You know, I have Latino people that are black, they're white, they're Indian, they're Asian. But you know what? It's we need to embrace our individuality, but also unite in some way.
1: That allows us to then again see each other as just human being. Yes. With human beings. Um, I, for me, I think that is the bottom line of everything for me. It was why I was able to bring together the group of Latinas, because for me, I saw what I considered a powerhouse. Man, they were powerhouses. And I'm like, I'm working with all these powerhouses and they're not working with each other. How is that possible? Why is that? But as you say, they came from actually different countries. Their skin tone was different. Um, They had different perspectives on the world around them. Yet I felt, and I felt, and I still feel very strongly that they should find a way to support each other. I still feel very, very strongly about that. And it didn't matter to me what country they came from as much as it mattered to me that they were powerful women that could be supporting each other.
0: Find a way to do that. Yes, true. But it's also, I think, part of the cultural upbringing. There's a lot of um, pressure on the physical appearance, how you present yourself, and unfortunately, comparing themselves to someone else. And you really do not want to do that. You have to look at yourself, your own qualities, your own talents. And I think once you stop comparing yourself, like you had mentioned before, love yourself, then you can work together as, as a team. So, it's I happening. that's so
1: true. I have to just tell you this one story. One of the women who happens to own a construction firm, a powerhouse construction firm, um, is absolutely, bottom line, gorgeous. And she embraced her femininity. And I, when I first encountered her, I had such issues with that. Like, I'm like, who does she think she is coming into these meetings? Because she was just gorgeous. And then I got to know her because we were on a trip together in Israel and she was one of the most compassionate people I had ever encountered. I had to apologize to her for things that she never even knew I was thinking about her. But I really felt it was necessary to tell her what I initially thought and really be grateful that I had that opportunity to get to know her as a human being, and then to have her help teach me how she could be comfortable in her own skin. And she did, she she helped me understand the process she went through and why she ultimately was able to, in this very male-dominated industry, still embrace who she was, and be very comfortable with that. I owe her to this day for so much of how I changed the way that I looked at what was happening.
0: It was uh, almost like a subconscious, uh, you, you know, seeing her and you thought, oh, she's going to be like this, she's going to be like that. And again, you opened yourself up to her to allow that conversation, to allow to get to know her, and also for her to get to know you. So that's, uh, that's incredible, that's, yeah. that's wonderful. The only time we stop,
1: we stop growing is when we leave this existence. Exactly.
0: And Laverna, you were a senior advisor for the International Child Relief Program, Save the Children. Can you tell us about that work that you did with this organization? Well, um,
1: that probably was one of those moments in my life where it's like someone wrapped up a present and gave it to you and just said, here, um, go go, do what you do best. Go do what you love to do. And I, at that time in my life, what I loved to do most was work with young people and um, save the children. I, my responsibility was to design programs um, to benefit children throughout the United States primarily in both the rural and urban areas. So I had lots of encounters with children on the Indian reservations and understanding what their life was like working with children from the Appalachian Mountains and then working with children in the major uh, urban centers in the United States. And what I learned in that role was that we're all the same. Mm and yes. if we could listen to without judging people who were by our standards living in poverty oh we would learn so much when when 9-11 happened in the united states i was i was in my husband got activated he was in the national guards and he wound up getting sent um, overseas and the children in the mississippi delta who at that time in their community the uh, mean income, annual income was $6,700. And one day they went out into the streets and they raised nearly $2,000. And I was floored at what they did. $2,000 is no small thing for in a community where annually you you bring in less than $7,000. And I asked the children why they would do something like that. And they said to me, well, those children in New York lost everything. They lost their parents. We know people look at us and they think that because we're poor, we don't have anything. We have everything. We still have our parents. Now to me, that was some of the wisest words I ever heard. And they did it in honor of my husband, who was being activated and sent away. They wanted to respond to the children in New York in honor of my husband. That showed a deep level of compassion and a deep level of wisdom that I think we too often don't understand because we look so much at material things. So for me, Save the Children taught me to not look at the material things
0: but to look at the heart. Yes, yes.
1: It also showed me quite frankly, I did a, I did a, um, a training one time where I brought all of the young people, young people from the, the Indian reservations, young people from the Mississippi Delta, young people from Appalachia and young people from other urban areas. And I'm telling you, the pain was the same. It knocked me to my knees, the amount of pain that was in the room. The mm. pain was the same. In, in what they were experiences, uh, experiencing
0: as human beings in this country. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. Now, Laverna, I wanted to ask, what advice would you give to other women to feel more confident and to avoid seeking external validation?
1: You know, I, I often talk with young women and tell them they look to me as uh, I used to be this vice president at Columbia or the senior advisor at Save the Children or or director for a U.S. Senator. But I started out very confused about who I was. I used to be a single parent on welfare. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I had. I literally went to a... I went to the army, that helped me. I was so grateful for that. I got out of the army and I had a child and I didn't know how to be a good mother and I didn't know how I was going to make it. So when I'm telling you I was a confused individual, I was. My self-esteem was as low as it could be. And I went to the local community college And it was at the local community college. And I'll say the name is Harrisburg Area Community College. I'm so proud um, of what they did for me because it was there that I first learned I was of worth. Mm. I I didn't know that I had worth. That wasn't because my parents didn't love me. My parents loved me. But for some reason I had internalized that I wasn't worth anything and I had to learn all over again that I had value. The only way that I can convince someone that they are of a value and they should be confident in what they are doing. My biggest advice is to get out there and to do it. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall. When you fall, count that not as failure, but as a lesson. What did you learn from it? If you fall down and you get a boo-boo, great. Figure out how you fell, clean the boo-boo up, and then keep going. It's not failure. It's learning. It's a lesson. Learn what it is and keep going. And, And count every failure as one more lesson and get back up. And then remember that you have something that this world needs. Honestly, every one of us has something in us that this world needs. A friend of mine is an environmental scientist and he always says, nature balances itself out. Nature creates what it needs. And so what I would say to people, you exist because nature recognized you were needed. Your job, your job literally is to give to nature what nature gave to you. You get to get out there, and even in making your mistakes, learn and grow and serve others. Every time you decide that you're not worth anything, find someone else who you can serve. Find someone else who needs you. Find a way, and goodness knows, In today's day and age, you're needed. We need every one of us to get out there in whatever way we can and whatever our strength is, we need to get out there and share that with others. Help your neighbor out, that's good enough. Look in your block, figure out how to do something there. I guarantee you if you will just take one step, you will begin to take two And two steps will get you to four. And four will get you to eight. And you'll look up. And you may be the vice president of Library League University, just because you're willing to get out there and do your best every time. Get back up
0: when you fall down. That's it. Get back up when you fall down. That is just incredible. That is so true. That is so true, how you just, yes, you learn from our mistakes. You learn. But you keep going. You do not give up. And you just, you know. You don't want to make the same mistakes twice, but you want to learn enough that you can then say, I can keep going. And if I fall, it's okay. It's really okay. Well, Averna, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I am truly grateful for your valuable advice and for being such a positive force for diversity and inclusion. Um, so thank you. I really truly appreciate your time. Thank you. It's, this is wonderful. Thank you. Yes, thank you. It's been amazing, amazing conversation. And I'm so honored to speak with you. And I've learned so much today. So I cool. appreciate thank that. Thank you
1: for having me, Minerva. I, I just appreciate the opportunity. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks.
0: Okay. To learn more about Laverna's Fountain's extraordinary work, please visit her website at meaningfulcommunicationsmatter. Again, that's MeaningfulCommunicationsMatter.com. I am Minerva Salas, and I'll see you next time.